This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about the customer journey in your education business and how to improve it. So firstly, I think it's important for you to know that I'm currently looking at this again in Classroom Secrets at the moment. And I want you to know that these podcasts do come from somewhere what's happening in my life at the moment, what I've learned over the past eight and a half years and what I'm learning now. So at the moment, I'm helping the team to relook at the customer journey and everything involved with that. So even when you've been in business a while, you have to just keep coming back around to it. You know, when I first started in business, I thought that I could fix things once and then move on, knowing that it was dealt with, that it was completely crossed off the list. But as time has progressed, I've had to become okay with the idea that things always need reviewing and then from that review it's likely that things will then need changing and it's not just customer needs that change either you know as you grow your business with different team members or you outsource to buying different skills you can also grow your possibilities so what wasn't possible three years ago might be possible now so it's all about weighing everything up in the situation that faces you now It's about understanding the skills, the time, the money and the knowledge that you've got available to you and then working out what's possible, what your customers need and then finding a happy marriage between those two things. So let's consider who the customer is then. So when it comes to the customer journey in your education business, it's most likely that you are communicating and technically selling to one of three people. It's either a teacher, a school business manager or a parent. And that's who we're going to be thinking about today when we think about improving the journey for our customers. So you've probably heard me say before that an important part of growing your business and growing yourself is asking the right questions. And today I want to get you to think about the types of questions that you should ask yourself about your customers' journeys in order to take steps to improve them. So I've got six questions that you need to ask yourself to help improve your customer journey. So let's just get to it. So the first question is, what is your customer thinking or feeling on your customer journey or before embarking on your customer journey? What is it that's going on in their lives right now? How do you imagine that they are thinking or feeling before they buy your service or product? And this is going to take some real consideration and you should write it down, you know, the answers rather than keeping it in your head and make it into a document because then you can refer back to it. So here are some examples that could be on their minds right before they buy or even afterwards, depending on what your product or service is. So let's take a parent first then. So a parent might be thinking, I've got no idea what I'm doing, but I need help and I think these people can give me that. They could be thinking, I need it spelling out because I don't know if I'm actually buying the right thing. Or... I just want my child to feel happy, safe, make progress, any of those things. Or I don't want the stress of figuring this out, so I just need it to be easy and feel easy. So a teacher then might be thinking, I need things to be fast because I have no time. Or they could be thinking, I don't want to spend time figuring it out. It needs to feel intuitive so I can just get on with all my other tasks. And a school business manager could be thinking, I hope the company get back to me quickly, or it might take the head three more days to sign it off. 
and I find it stressful when things are still on my to-do list. Or, I hope the instructions are clear. The teachers use it, but I'm not exactly sure what they use it for, but I'm going to be managing it. Or they could be thinking, this is not something I understand, so I need help knowing what I'm communicating to everyone internally. I hope it doesn't take up too much time. So these are just examples. They are based on what somebody might think if they are going to buy from Classroom Secrets. So don't take my word for it because you know your business best and we've all got a different product and service. So these are just examples. But what are these groups feeling when they're about to buy your product? So knowing the answers to these questions then, what do you need to put in place in your journey now? So is it that you need some extra information for parents that teachers just assume that everybody knows? Is it that you need a clearer set of instructions for non-teaching colleagues? Where could you go over and above to alleviate what you think the worries might be? So the second question to ask yourself then is what have you experienced on different websites or with different businesses? So do you make it your business to take note when you are on someone else's customer journey? How does it feel when you buy from your favorite website or shop? How easy do they make it? Do you have to go and draw some cash out or can you just pay by card? Is the information already populated to make it a frictionless sale? What is it that makes you feel good about the customer journey? Is it the quality of the product? Is it the way that the stock is laid out? Is it the options that are available to you? Is it that you quickly understand the offering, what they're offering you? So I learn so much from my interactions with other businesses. You can learn so much just by being an observer. And it doesn't have to be, you know, on an online business or, or the same kind of business as yours. So it's something that Ed and I discuss a lot, um, usually on date night, to be honest. Uh, you know, when we're out and about, we pick up on it and we pass comment. And I think it's really important to delve into this topic a bit deeper. So I am going to do another episode in more detail next week about how I create my own school of marketing by analyzing my experiences with other businesses as well. The third question to ask yourself is, how easy is it? So I've just asked you if one of the things you like about businesses that you love is how easy they make it. So something that we forget to do is actually try out our own customer journey and see how easy that is. So the best customer service advisors, they listen to the customer's problem and then they try out what the customer says that they are trying to do or unable to do to spot if it's a business error or a human error. So basically they are willing to experience the same thing. And it sounds so obvious, but it's so common not to think about it because we think we know the process. So it's a good idea when you're completing your own customer journey to be thinking about the companies that you love and what is it that they do. So unless you go through the process and actually witness whether it's smooth or clunky or quick or slow, hard or easy, then you're not going to be able to know which bits you need to change. You won't know how to make it better. You'll only think that you know. And then you can end up doing something that breaks something else because you didn't lay all your cards on the table first. So it needs to be really easy for the customer. Automate what you can and do the thinking for them where possible. Okay, question number four then. How will my customer feel when they have bought from me? So it's not just about getting them over the line. 
how are you looking after them once they have that once you have their money what is the journey then and think about again those companies that you love what makes you want to buy from them again will your customers want to buy from you again do you keep in touch with them regularly or do they only hear from you when you want to sell them something and how do you help them become advocates of what you've sold them okay Question five, what is possible for my company right now? So we all want this singing and dancing website. We'd all love salespeople who could just sell effortlessly without really selling and then spend a leisurely hour talking to each customer. And the reason why we don't have this is because there isn't enough money for that. It's probably not even financially viable, especially in education. And we don't have those skills in our businesses either. So once you've answered, all of the other questions, it's important to know the answer to this one before you move on and make any decisions. Know the limits in your business right now and then make decisions based on that. So there'll be a time in the future when you can afford to work with more experienced people. Maybe they'll even be your employees. And it could seem to them um, and you that the decisions that you make now, or, or for them it'll be in the past, were wrong. But that's not true. You've got to do what's possible for you now, as long as you're doing the best with what you can and the best you can with what you have, the decisions aren't wrong, even if they aren't the perfect fit. So it's, it's this balance between time, cost and money. We all want the perfect thing, but if we can't afford the perfect thing, then we can't do it. The most important thing is to be open to change and improvement. So obviously, if it's possible to increase your limits, then you should. So if you could spend more, but you decided not to, then it's probably not a smart move long term. And I've shared with our customers recently that a new website is on the cards for us. And that's going to take a lot, a lot of work and a lot of money, to be honest. And we want user experience to be at the heart of it. But that doesn't mean that we haven't improved things on our current website and that we're not still doing that. We're not just waiting for a new website to be built. So often, you know, it's a small thing here and a small thing there, and it might not even be that noticeable. You know, it could be based on customer feedback or what's possible for you right now. So maybe somebody in your team learns a new skill or maybe you've got a new team member who enters the business. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, an employee either. It's just somebody with a skill that is now available to you. So... It could be that you've now got time to make something a priority that was less of a priority before because other things were more important. Or maybe like a new plugin or software maybe has been developed um, that makes what you wanted 12 months ago but couldn't afford because it would be a bespoke build possible at a much lower cost. So it's not necessarily about making it perfect. It's about making it the best it can be with the resources that you've got available to you right now and being okay with that. And the last question is more about the ongoing review once you've made your improvements. So something always to be aware of. So number six, does anyone slip through the net? So do you know about any gaping holes in your customer journey? What about tiny ones? Have you actually looked for them? Are you expecting that you just notice? Because if you're not looking, it's quite easy not to realise, unfortunately. Are there any anomalies that you should be looking at? Like a percentage of customers that never come back to you or a percentage of customers that never log in and use a service? And have you looked into why that might be happening? Because you need to be really sure of the reasons instead of guessing the reasons. 
So anomalies like this signal that something needs to be done. So, you know, it could be for a range of reasons. Um, it could be things like a website error or maybe the lack of communication on your part or maybe you've got an inbox error on your end and you're not getting anything in there. But look for these things and then investigate until you find the answer. Because if you don't do that, one day someone will finally tell you and then you'll realize that you've lost hundreds of customers, but you had absolutely no idea. So as always, I hope my insights have challenged your thinking and will help you to make positive changes in the coming week. So Jade and I are now working on the beta version of the Education Business Club. Uh, we got a, a potential date given to us today by our website team. So we're looking at what that could look like and when it's going to launch. So keep listening to my future episodes to stay informed and join the Facebook group Education Businesses to let us know what you need the Education Business Club to be and how it can help you. And I can tell you that it's not going to be that long now until we launch. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.